Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Holy Puck, Season 1, Episode 2. Your fortnightly source of hockey news, views and abuse from two absolute dickheads from Melbourne, Australia. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah, I'm John and this is Cam. Yeah. Here again for episode two. Again, back in John's house. It's a lovely, lovely little place. It's a lovely, balmy evening. Love it. We've got a fun show coming up this evening. We're covering all the usual fantasy stuff along with uh, a few other little tidbits we put together for you over the course of the last week. We're actually going to do this show fortnightly originally. We are. But... Weekly's heaps funner. It's way more fun. The content is always there because... Let's stop and talk about the sound quality. <sighs> Huge step up. Can you feel it? We invested more than fourteen ninety five in equipment. Look what happened. <laughs> Who knew that a dodgy like maybe, maybe, $7 microphone off Amazon wasn't going to be mad? Maybe we pinched a few things from previous <laughs> employers. <laughs> maybe I don't we know. stole some cabling. <laughs> Who knew? Whatever. Anyway, it's worked out. But um, yeah, look, we've got a lot to get through today. So the fantasy wrap's huge. It's been a massive week yeah, in fantasy. Massive week in fantasy. I'm not doing as bad as I was last week, which is a good step. No, up. I actually... So... Last week, you said that Clint was going to poleaxe me. Didn't. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? You did. And he he was, asked me about that today. He was really upset about that. Yeah, because like, he was chasing after me about that today. He's like, who said that? I'm like, I don't know, dude. Because Clint's, yeah, yeah. Clint's huge, by the way. He'll, he's, he'll he's beat a, the piss like out of me. He's yeah. like 6'6", and he'll just like yeah. punch you in the neck from across the room. You like the mountain from Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, that's Clinton with a giant beard. Side note, by the way, Clint actually went to a Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones meet and greet. And Sydney. his Facebook profile is him on the Iron Throne. Better though. He met George R. R. Martin. And he met the actress who plays Caitlin Stark. And he met the actress who plays Cersei. And Cersei turned around to him and said, quote, wow, you're so big, you could be the mountain. Yeah. And yeah. aside from the fact that his heart <laughs> skipped a few beats and he's like, marry me, that basically just confirms that I should probably stop saying things about him or beat the piss out of me. He's going to, he could fuck you up literally. Yeah. But it doesn't stop him from being a really nice guy. And the fact that going back to the original story, wherein you said I was, I was going to poleaxe him. because I didn't because my... Overall, fantasy team's been very poor of late. Yeah. So I managed to even it up 6-6 six, six from did. nothing. I was on, I was down 9-2 or 10-1 the whole week and then pulled it back on the last day. It's like with, a ham score. It's a ham score. And I had my boys, my phenomenal boys that I p- picked up on the last few days. Probably all, um, probably all tips from yours truly, by the way. Nah. <laughs> Please. No way. Cody Friends and I dropped his ass and I picked up your boy. And then I also then... Picked up uh, Franz Nielsen, who killed it on the last day with face-off wins and hits. Yes, yeah, I like I like Franz. Uh, I've been on him for a little while. Yeah, a little while. So let's let's get through the rap. Yeah, the general, fantasy rap. General fantasy rap. We're gonna do you know the who's hot, who's not, who's over and undervalued. Um, we're not gonna bother with obvious stars. You know, Ben Sagan, they're tearing it up. Kane's obviously killing it, which is very upsetting. We're gonna cover the lesser knowns who may still be available on your uh, waiver yes. wire. Yes, in not the in those not so deep leagues, but they're the ones that we care about because our league is. A 12-man league. No, it's not. It's a 10-man league. league. And it is huge. Hey, it's funny that the commission couldn't even get that right, hey? That's not the only thing you fucked up this year, though. To oh, be fair. To be fair. Um, so from the top, though, so my number one pick for, you know, hot, unclaimed fantasy gold is going to be uh, Mr. Panarin from Chicago on the left wing. This kid should be owned in 100% of leagues by now. He's had 15 points in however many games have played thus far. He's not in our league, 30. though, is he? Or do you pick him up? He is, because I picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's had 15 points thus far. He's actually leading all rookies in scoring now that Connor McDavid's gone down. Mm. Um, and side note, my buddy Josh actually posted this morning saying he was so excited by Panarin's performance that he lost his mind and dropped his phone in the toilet. So if that's not a glowing endorsement about this kid, I don't know what is. I love that. I love, love all of that. That's just so good. Nothing says hockey like dropping your smartphone in the toilet. Yeah, I did yeah. that. That you know, there yeah. are reasons around that. That's another so, so my my pick this week is anyone from the Oilers. Uh, good call. 
Good call. Anyone from the Oilers. Like Nugent Hopkins, Herbalay, Yukupov, who's actually killing it this year. Yukupov looks really good, and he's got flex. He's a left and right wing. Yeah, well, I thought he had set of flex. I was very clearly yeah. mistaken. Very clearly mistaken. But everyone needs a little flex in their life. The Nuge is a good one for me because he always has a good year, right? But his plus minus makes you stay the fuck away from him. Mm. But um, they've kind of got their shit together over there. They're losing, but they look a lot better doing it. And they're playing with some belief. And yes, McDavid's out. Everyone's very upset. Not just the Oilers. No, everyone's Hockey upset. Hockey fans are upset because... It looked harsh too. That was a pretty hard smack to the boards. You know what? Don Cherry flatly came out on Hockey Night in Canada and said... I believe that was an intentional hit and that Ooh. when McDavid was on the way down, for those that didn't see the hit, McDavid was on a semi-breakaway, was rushing in, he lost his footing and on the way down, it has been alleged that Del Zotto may or may not have assisted in the hit, which uh, was basically dropping in elbow. broken well, no, his he collarbone. he dropped his shoulder, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So the poor, the poor kid's out mm. with a broken collarbone. The good news is he's young. He'll recover quickly. Bad news is for all the hockey, he's going to be out for three months. That's not what you want in your rookie season. No, and you don't yeah. want that from a big name rookie as well because he's sort of he's the next Crosby. You know what I mean? And well, so, don't lump him with that because because he sucks this year and he's a mm. pussy. So you know, yeah, he's better than Sidney Crosby. That's let's, right. Let's leave it at that. That's right. So let's keep rolling with the hot this week. Yeah, Jerome Ginla. I'm a huge Jerome Ginla fan. Look, he only gave us one year in Boston. That's cool. He's obviously done a lot of great things with other clubs. Uh, he's not owned in heaps of leagues. It's only like thirty odd percent or something. So. So pick him up. He's the old boy's really still well. getting it done. He's sitting on 11 points and within a, a, uh, a flawed avalanche outfit would be the best way to describe it. But the old boy's getting it done. Mm. Mm. Don't don't worry about the fact that he's nearly 40. He's he's still hard as nails. He's still going in there. He's tough as nails. Yeah, I would look at it. I would look at him. If I, I, would. Yeah, I If would. I could accommodate a pure right wing, I'd be grabbing him. I've already set. got two, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really struggling on that. Um, there's plenty of Florida Panthers still available on the waiver wire, and you need that. Uh, if you need help with your assists, any subs, stats, any cheeky face-off wins, um, not just the bigger names, Vincent Trocek. Yeah. Check him out. Vincent Trocek's yeah. really good. Yeah. Florida are actually playing really exciting hockey. Everyone who's we keep, seen them We're high on that. them. Yeah. They've been high on them for um, ages. They're no a lovely a shit, team though. to watch. They're really fun. Yeah. And um, finally, we can call off the search party for Getzlaff and Perry. They're starting to warm up. They are. The Ducks lost today, but in overtime to Arizona. They but did, they've won four Domi of them. scored twice. Domi. They've He's won, killing it. won four of their five, though. The Orange County Brigade, you know, they're starting to win some games, and both of these guys are getting points, so we don't need to freak out. And by we, I mean me. I don't need to freak out and try and trade Ryan Getzlaff to someone else in my league. I'm going to keep him, and he's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be so good. Um, we're going to move on to not hot at all. And this kind of bums me out to start with this one because Andre Palat from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lots Great. of dudes from Tampa are killing it though. The problem with him though is he's just been injured and he's out for five weeks, which sucks because it's not just going to mess with him. He's out for five weeks. He's going to lose momentum. It's going to mess with everyone there. It's going to mess with that line. Mm-hmm. That green triplets line. Oh, yes. And they really, really need their help right now because they, they look very flat. Well, the only one who's doing any good is Tyler Johnson. I've got him, and his stats still aren't great. Nah, Vic Hedman's still getting it done. Don't you he worry is, about but that. He's not a forward, though. No, but I got him. <laughs> um, the young bloods in Chicago are seeing plenty of game time, which is great. We love seeing young players come up, getting it done. I read an article this week about how Chicago is still looking good, even though they fire sailed. Well, I said this to you the other day, and it pisses yeah. me off. Even in their downtime, Chicago is still just... It's, shut up. I know, um, right? The problem, and you know, it's not a problem. Obviously, it's great that the young guns are uh, coming into the Blackhawks fold and killing it. However, Marion Hosa's production's taken a fair hit because there's a dropped nu- him. 
yeah, well, there's another vet and he will probably come good as the season progresses. Keep an eye on him. However, at the moment, you can do better at right wing because he's losing. There's a lot of value out there. There's so much value out there. Um, I'm going to dig in on this one a little bit because I dig in on him every year. Marion Gabarik, the Kings pay him $7 million a year. Um, everyone knows he's a bust in the regular season and he kills it in the playoffs. Today it was announced he has been dropped to the third line. $7 million third liner. Woohoo! That's Ovi money playing for... 12, 13 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah, that's not... To put this in perspective, it was touted it was supposed to be him... Kopitar and Lucic on the line, and they were supposed and to they're supposed to kill it. Two hundred points between them. That's right. I think that's what. We no, need. no. You said at the start of the year they had, it's two hundred points or bust. Yeah, that's that, it. That's what they need to score to justify their existence as a, yep. as a top line. So far, they're not there. Well, Lucic's looking good with Carter, and yeah, Gabriel. Well, Carter always kind of looks good though. Yeah, Carter makes other players better around him, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. I like him. Yeah. Um, Too bad Kopitar stinks right now. Yeah, he's 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 picking up a little bit. So that that's another overpriced vet for this Kings outfit who are still finding ways to win games, which is cool. We like the Kings. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure what they do with him moving forward. I don't know if you can move a contract that big for an underperforming player. Mm. I don't know if it's something you can do at the mid-season mark. I don't know if you can do it at the end of the season. They're going to really struggle with... That's just going to something that's going to haunt them for a couple of seasons, I think. They're well, just going to have to yeah. hold on to it and just hope it writes itself in the playoffs. The Kings need to get younger, right? Yeah, and quickly, but they can't. Dustin Brown, Marion Gabrick, two of the guys that could probably go, and I don't know how they move those deals. No. Well, who's going to take Gabrick right now? Um, here's a simple one for you. Jason Pommenville doesn't have a goal this season. Zucker's got like five or six. Though. On you, Jason. You're being outscored by Charlie Coyle, who I really like, but that's not the point. Um, Rick Nash is still a ghost. Yep. Um, if you're a fantasy owner, though, don't freak out for the quick offload. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still value there. He will probably come good, and you can get more for him later. Bench him if you have to, but you will probably get a King's Ransom later on in the yeah. season. Or I could be completely wrong and he'll do absolutely nothing all year. Maybe That's he's true. playing with a broken leg and no one's told me. I don't That's know. right. I don't know. Maybe he's got HPV. Who knows? Um, so that's pretty much it from the what's hot and what's not fantasy stakes. We're going to move on to... Uh, the outlandish statement of the week. Now, last week's statement was yeah. pretty good. As yeah. in, we're seeing a big marquee trade forming... Is it Stamkos? Is it Kopitar? Is it one of those big dudes? Is it both? Is it both? Is it, a, is it a one-for-one swap? Which is it... Oof. We didn't talk about that. Now, I that's don't know. huge. My problem is I don't know if I could see Kopitar in a in a Bolts uniform. I think it'd be really upsetting. It'd just be weird. I know. It'd just be weird. But look, John's right there. Last week, I flat out said Stamkos is leaving Tampa Bay for Toronto or LA. Um... This week, I'm going to pull an I told you so first before we get into that, though. At the start of the season, I said Connor McDavid would not win the Calder. There it um, is. I was saying that because I thought, you know, Eichel, Domi and whatnot were great. Now he's not going to win it because of his injury. So this is kind of like a default victory for yeah. me. I'm being a bit of a dick about it, but Too I'm bad. rolling with it anyway. That's kind of how it is, though, because you are a giant dick. So let's, yeah. let's deal with it and um, move on. But I mean, yeah, look, this pretty much opens up the race for a tongue of youngsters. So I'm really excited about the Calder this year. You can see mm. Breaker, you can see Eichel, you can see Domi, you can see, I think, Declare might even be eligible. Um, so and basically, you got that kid from the Detroit as well, Larkin. Yeah, he's so really good. Basically, it's time to buy a crystal ball and take me on the road because... I feel like we should be given scouting gigs for real. Yeah, we'd clearly, be sick at that job. I'm killing it. So last week, uh, this week's bullshit statement uh, is probably going to become a recurring theme. I kind of feel like it's it's very clearly cemented in pure fantasy gold. Yeah, 
Um, Travis Zajac's had another blinder of a week. Still killing it. Still killing it. The and Devils are killing it, though. The Devils are killing it. The Devils <laughs> real. It's mental. But Travis Zajac as an individual is still more productive than Sidney Crosby. He's outscored Sidney Crosby, like, slightly behind on face-off wins and pretty much on par everywhere else. Everywhere else. He's killing it. Yeah, he, and he, you know what? Should we announce a marquee trade right now? Zajac, yeah. Zajac for our man Sidney Crosby. 100%. I would go for it. I mean, look, are we saying we should abandon Crosby for Zajac in fantasy? That'd be ridiculous. Completely kidding. That's exactly what I'm saying. Drop, no, no, drop Crosby. Well, I'm not going to say drop Crosby. If you can grab Zajac off your waiver wire, grab him and flip Crosby to some bum in your league. For OV. To give up like a high-end scorer <laughs> or maybe like a real offensive D-man for him because someone in your league is still going to see the name Sidney Crosby and go, Someone's going to get trade rape. Someone's going to get trade rapes, yeah. And just, someone's going to cop um, it. And don't worry about it. Flip Crosby, get us, get a high-end scorer or get a really good D-man and your boy Trav will have you covered. He's got you covered. In fact, I would extend that to anyone from that top two line, Bar Malkin, from, from the Pens right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. Latang. It's a good call. You're All not wrong. I'm not. Well, why would I be? You're not wrong. Why would I be? A um, couple other things going on. So these are the, these are the, our key our key points for the week. Our little yeah. little bits and pieces that we've been chatting about through the old through the old messenger. Going, yeah. what's going on here? And you can see the recurring theme here. By the way, John and I both work very demanding jobs. However, we somehow find a way to spend two to three to hours at least a day just talking absolute bullshit about hockey stats and figures. Turns out we're sick at it though. Really good at it. However, probably spending way too much time, but that's cool. Hey, it's going to get us fired one day, but who cares? I'm not concerned because I'm quietly confident Bill Simmons is going to hear this and, you know, HBO will sign us up alongside Bill and go have a flagship hockey show. I feel like we could do that. So if you're listening, yeah, give Bill, us if all you're your listening, money. hook me up. Give us all your money. I'm a Bruins fan. You know, I'm on the level. Um, Jamie Ben's red hot start. You know what? We're stupid for not calling this. He this should have been obvious. Given his hot finish last season, it's little wonder he's flying down there. Well, in he Dallas. started hot and he's just kept it going. But I mean, he won the he won the scoring trophy last year in his last game. He scored four points in mm-hmm. his last game. So shame on me and shame on all of us for not drafting him overall shame number on one me. in fantasy. Shame on me. I had yeah. him last year and yeah. Granted, he pretty much single-handedly propped up my fantasy team for pretty much the whole year. But he, you still just didn't think to do it. Well, no. I should have drafted him this year, and I failed on that. Yeah, I, I, I blew it as well. So, yeah. yeah, Sagan is technically ahead in points, but my opinion, Ben is the most valuable captain and leader in the NHL. His hard-nosed approach is driving this Dallas unit, and they are a real Stanley Cup contender because They're I don't know... Good. It's not just the superstars. Every part of that team functions really well. That's the thing. They've got the little, the one percenters down at last year. They were were getting scored on too much. Goaltending was an issue. Now it looks like they've righted those little, little nigger, like, you know, niggering little, the things that are just, the little things that are just on the side that are just annoying that you lose games on. They just went, they've got it covered. Let's fix them. Let's fix those things. And they've done it. They've done it. There's a few other hot button issues in the hockey world this week. And one of them is actually a little more serious and we're probably going to discuss for, you know, the remainder of the season. Um, the Blackhawks are now front and center in the logo change Oh, yes. Debate. This went all over social media this week. It went mental. Yeah. They had like six dudes retweeted on Twitter this week. Yeah. So for those who aren't too familiar with the remainder of the American sports, 
Uh, the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians have been in the public's crosshairs yeah. for a while because their logos and their yeah. names are racially Super insensitive. PC, yeah. um, the Black Hawks have always avoided that because the team's moniker is steeped in military history, so that's fine. Yes. However, it can be and it has been viewed as offensive to a lot of people. So it's now starting to kick off. Starting to kick off. So a this little is more bit. of a watch this space, and we told yeah. you so. Yeah, because so we've been saying this for ages that how are, how are, how are Chicago how are Chicago not being included because this is bullshit. They're very clearly an American the same Indian thing. symbol. Yeah, so look, no <laughs> one's telling them to change the name again. The not yet the, though. The team name, the Blackhawks, has military references, and everyone seems cool with that. However, new logos have been proposed, removing the yeah the, the one Native with American their very Indian. sharp edges they're actually looking at a black hawk as the logo very clever yes. however a friend of ours matt actually made a really good point he said yeah but if you're putting that black hawk in traditional native american indian garb isn't that the same thing anyway it's still racially insensitive and he's probably right he's right kudos Hand. so well done. yeah um probably you watch this spacing i think it would take a lot of public pressure for a you know a team that's won three cups in the last six years to have to let's face it they're not changing it. change its identity but there it's will definitely be, a watch this space issue. there will be like, a groundswell people that's will right. talk about it that's right so let's 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 swap over and let's talk about the Habs and let's talk about how mm. they've lost price yeah they have not a bad thing who's happy about that you are yeah I am but. Condon's holding the fort incredibly well. Price has missed five games and they haven't really missed a beat. Condon looks really good. He looks good. Solid backup. Well done. <sighs> Super upsetting because when they said our oh, price is out with a lower back injury, I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suck in Montreal. So um, kids. Yeah, but I mean, look, basically where we were going with this is Montreal have been criticized in past years for riding price too hard. And they had to because they didn't have anyone else to carry them to that level. Now they do. Now they're paying the price, would you say? Ooh, puns you like stop. that stop stop you know that was a great pun but I anyway they're paying the price for pushing their all world goaltender too hard um however condon's carrying them and maybe it just doesn't mean a thing how but i have read a few things that suggest price needs specialist attention for a lower back injury again watch this space maybe it will become something bigger because the habs cannot afford to not have him for the playoffs that's true but the playoffs are a long way away back injuries don't just go away john that's true that's true. How dare I? How dare you indeed. Of course. So let's talk about defensemen who are back. Ooh. You're going to talk about Duncan Keith, aren't you? Well... He's I, not quite back, but he's skating again. Shattenko's back. Oh, really? He is. He played the other day. Who does that make dispensable from the uh, from the St. Louis Blues rearguard um, group? I don't know. I don't know who they, they bumped out. Bowmeister. Oh, Bowmeister. He's the guy we can't remember the name of. Because it's, I don't, yeah, something about it. I was explaining this to my wife recently, and she goes, how do you forget that dude's name? I'm like, I don't know. Every time. Every damn time. But um, yeah, Shattenkirk's back, and you know what? The Blues have ridden this injury wave quite well. Um, Duncan Keith skating for the Hawks again, and his return couldn't come sooner. Yep. He's yep. the one I wanted to talk about, because like, at the time of recording this, uh, which is November 10th, um, the Hawks have lost five of their last seven games, which, again, makes me chuckle a little bit. And it's making it's putting Corey Crawford back in the spotlight, which I love. Is he that good? I've said all I all I ever bang on about is Corey Crawford is not an elite goaltender. I've ranted before. He's not a top five goaltender. Move on. Not a top ten goaltender. Keith's absence mm. has proven that Corey Crawford without the Keith Seabrook tandem, it's struggles. Tough. It's tough struggles. for him. I put a photo up this week for it. It was the Corey Crawford express lane. If you shoot anywhere near his glove, you'll probably score on him. Yeah. Sorry, Corey. That's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. So we've touched on the Blues. They're really good. 
Um, Colton Pareko but does it matter really that, good. does it matter that the Blues are good, though? Because they'll get to the playoffs in the and fall. And they'll lose anyway. Who cares? Move on. Surely they need a coaching change. Anyway, enough of those bums. Um, after a hot start, the Sharks have stumbled. They've lost seven of the last ten. This bums me out. Everyone yep. loves the Sharks. Yep. Once again, though, this is getting the rumor mill going, and they're talking about Patrick Marlowe. For those that don't know, he's 38. He has a no trade clause. His contract is six point six six million a year. Have very metal of you, Patrick. For the next, yeah, of course. Yeah, for the next few years too. He's got three years left, doesn't he? And he stated that he loves San Jose and doesn't want to go. Loves Southern California. So he, or Northern California. No, that's right. Well, so, oh, so here's where it comes. Here's what it comes down to, though. He's thirty eight. If he's going to win a cup, it needs to happen in the next two years. Does he bite the bullet and go? And if so, what would San Jose get in return for him? Who would take him? What team at the moment can fit that contract into their current cap and their scheme and what team would he fit well with? Like, he's not a super fast player. Mm-mm. He's a very silky, skillful player. He's a locker room guy. He's, there's a lot of, he, he, he takes a big cap hit. Who's a youngish team that needs some locker room guys and could realistically contend for a cup in the next two years? Well, there's a nice handful of them in the league right now. You've got the Yotes. Yeah, but you'd say the Oilers, but the Oilers. Yotes, but I don't think either of them are going to win a cup in the next two years. No. And the Yotes are kind of right for old dudes. They've got Hansel. They've got Vermette. Yeah, I like Vermette. Um, I like his haircut. I mean, you know, Toronto's another team with plenty of room, but they're not winning a cup within the next two years. I don't think he's going anywhere, man. I don't think he can move because nope. I don't think there's a team who would... If he if he's leaving to chase a cup, none of the teams that can fit him are gonna get a cup before no, he retires. And no one is going. And there's no way the Sharks are gonna eat his contract and go. You know what? We're cool with this. Yeah. Um. The other one for us is the Flames are still shopping Whiteman and Hudler. Apparently, the two vets with big contracts. Quite frankly, if they do not snap out of this funk shortly, they are going to be out of the playoffs race by Christmas. This mm-hmm. is a team who surprised a lot of people last year, and it seems like it was a fluke. They and played really well against the Pens the other day, though. We're being proven wrong, though, because last year there was one analyst, I can't remember who it was, he was ranting, saying, their puck possession numbers tell me this is not a good hockey team. And it's not going to last. And it's not going to yes. last. And everyone said, shut up, man, they're killing it. This and had to be one what? of the dudes from THN, for Has sure. Has to be. And it's, for sure. Those dudes know what's up. It's not working. No. This year has been really tough for me because those guys are really, really fun to watch, but they can't hold the puck. No. They're, it's really hard. And then they really struggle out of their own zone. Like setting up plays and standardizing their way they control the puck is really hard for them. They, they can't decide who's carrying it. Because Dougie decide. Hamilton's a fucking bum. Yeah, that's a big one. You giant pussy. And he got his shift his brother up there so he can suck too. Mm, how's Freddie going? Probably not great. Probably not good. That's right. So the other one for me is, I mean, Weidemann's contract, Weidemann, Weidemann, whatever. Who cares? Um, that's a 5.5 mil deal as well. Team, it, This cap era, teams don't have heaps of room just to be grabbing second and third pairing D-men for huge money. It's becoming like football. Either execute or don't. Yeah. And dudes are going to get cut. Yeah, true, true. Like I, I want to see it happen. Like, are we are we too far out from saying if if Marlowe doesn't score well in the next ten to twenty games, is he going to get placed on waivers? Are they just going to go? It's not nah, working. Nah, because he's, he's actually I've been watching him heaps because I've got such a soft spot for the Sharks and it's been really good. I don't watch very many Western Conference games. I know you don't. I know. You I don't. don't. I, I mean, every man though, I watch all the games. Well, you yeah, you do. You watch you watch so much hockey. Watch it's a ridiculous. lot of games. You know, in the last three days, I watched. 
five football games and eight hockey games. That's sick. I don't sleep very much. Nah, you don't sleep heaps. <laughs> so let's roll through. Before we jump into the big one, though, I did have one other thing, which is ooh, a late mention. Ooh, tell me more. Tell me uh, more. New Boston boy, Frank Vitrano. He's actually a, a Massachusetts native. Wow. He's been killing it for the Providence Bruins in the AHL this year. Um, I believe he's the leading scorer in the AHL. Are they doing any Leading good? goal scorer. Well, wait for it. And the, yes, they are doing well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Got his call up to play his first game for the big club. First game for the big club for Boston was against Montreal, and he scored, motherfucker! Yes! I love a Cinderella story. You're, you're a Massachusetts kid who scores his first game for the Boston Bruins against the Montreal Canadiens. You can't, write, you can't write that shit. Yeah, maybe he's going to be huge. Frank, if you're listening, someone needs to make a movie about you. That's yeah, huge. That's, I feel like we could write that story. Huge. And apparently David Pasternak's foot's not far off being better, and we're keeping Vetrano and Pasternak in the lineup. Snipers everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. Maybe the bees are taking a turn. I like this. We're a high-scoring outfit at the moment. I like this. Best power play in the league. I like this. So, big weekly discussion point this week. This one's huge. Now, we discussed this while... Sunday. Sunday. Now, what were you doing on Sunday? Uh, My wife was doing the shopping. You were sitting at home. I was sitting at home in my underpants. I was sitting in bed. And you called me. And I called John and I'm like, hey man, so... Turns out there's this really interesting thing that only we know. Really interesting trend that I picked up. And let me let me set the set the scene for you. I was setting my lineup because that's what you do on a Sunday morning. Well, yeah. Underpants. And I saw that, you know, I was checking when Datsuk was going to come off IR. And I'm like, holy shit. Sometimes you forget that he wasn't taken till the sixth round in the 1998 draft. That got me thinking about scouting and early round busts and you know late round stayers and what i kind of took from it the trend was in the late 90s and the early 2000s all the late round legends it kind of feels like they worked really hard to get there and subsequently they worked really hard to stay there well which that leads us to the point of there's got to be something here there has to be there's got to be something here that makes why why are all the big names going in the first, you know, in those guys who are in the first 10 to 20 round, like 10 to 20 picks, they're only there for a few years and then they're gone. Yeah. Or they're, or they're an OV or a Crosby and they're there for 10 years. But then after that, where do they go? Well, you're spot- Nowhere. I, I went through 12 years worth of drafts, right? Yeah. And the so first, you clearly the first, have nothing to do on a Sunday. Yeah. The kids were asleep and Charlotte was out. It's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> So basically, not much going on in the Chambers house. No. And so what I found was, you know, there was the obvious superstars who were still dominating to this day. And then they were surrounded by a sea of guys who you couldn't... I don't know where they are now. They're probably playing in Russia somewhere. That's fine. Mm, um, or anywhere know, in Europe, really. You, know, you still get paid. That's cool. Albeit in a, you know, currency that's falling apart at a rapid rate. Ah, yes. Cool. I love being paid in the euro. Yeah. That's a big thing. Um, that's but, a big thing. But anyway, the point was, though, I started going through the later rounds and... You know, backing up our point, all these late round players have very long productive careers. This They're was extremely all... durable. Mm. That's what it's all about. So mature, they grow mm. at, a, at a lesser rate. Less so expectation. They, less expectation. So they sit around on the third and fourth line for a few years, and then they explode into the top to, in the top pairings yeah. or in the top six. And then what happens is they get a reputation. And they stick around. So and look at these names. These names are huge. Well, I do feel like it's dropped off too before we jump in because a lot of this was late 90s, early 2000s. The early noughties were huge for these big names in yeah. the late rounds. And, that's and I, true. And I kind of feel like what's happened now is teams have finally smartened up with their scouting. Well, um, maybe they've I, gotten I, better. I know from, you know, like my own backyard, I know Boston fired a lot of scouts and realigned a lot of scouts and things like that. Teams are maybe scouting smarter. They know there's other places you can find players. 
Um, I know the NCAA is getting plundered for players a lot more, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago, a lot of collegiate hockey players probably weren't playing in the NHL. Yeah, now they're, they're now we're, we're using our farm system as a farm system. We're grabbing our yeah, players, we're sticking them in, cultivating we're, them. we're developing them, yeah. and if they don't work, chances are another team does like them and then takes them. So they're staying in the system. Because there's, there's three pro leagues now, Yeah, they stick around for a while. Yeah, and so here's some names that we're going to reel off for you, and... Yeah, some of these are absolute mind blowers. These are all world players, and the fact that they went so low is just mental. So, pick 171 in 1998, Pavel Datsuk. Huge. Cohen would be losing his mind. If, if I told any Wings fan that, would be like, bullshit, wrong. He was easily a number three pick. Uh, 1999, Ryan Miller, pick 138. Now, admittedly, I have Ryan Miller beef because he carried on a little bit when Luge kicked his ass a few years back. Suck it! Um, but again, he's an incredible goaltender. Pick 138 in 99. And I will say, though, there is a very clear very clear theme here with the goalies on this list, wherein they're Was all... A very that's, clear, that's true. Yeah. But nonetheless, there's still a very clear very clear message here with the goalies. So if I'm looking down the list, I Get see three goalies, and it's pick them up late, and they're all super late. Like, have a look at this. Like, Henrik Lundqvist picked 205 in, in, in 2000. Imagine being any other team, though, looking now, going, you got Why Lundqvist the fuck at didn't we take Lundqvist? Like, what's wrong with our scouts? Um, 2001, Paddy Sharp went with pick 95. Keith, 54 in 02. Look Wideman. at that two years in a row, though, from the Blackhawks. Duncan Keith had picked 54, and Patrick Sharp picked 95 the year before. That's massive. Those have those dudes restored hockey to Chicago. Yeah, well, they righted the ship, Chicago. and now look at him. Um, They're marquee players. Joe Pavelski went and picked 205. That dude's a captain in the Sharks now. now He's one of the have most flexible players in the league. Pekka Rene picked 258 in Ugh. 04. What? <sighs> Are on. you kidding me with this? Good on you, Music City. I have to say, though, look at these years. ninety-nine. We've got 99 through 2010, basically, but... Yeah. The, the majority of these giant picks are all around the 2000, 2002 era. Let's just say in 2006, a bunch of scouts got fired because they obviously fucked it. And you know what I see from here too, though? People, all these other teams have analyzed this and gone, right, Lundqvist, Renee, we need to start grabbing goalies earlier off the board because there's some... There's, There's some, some legit value that we're missing out there on. There is yeah. some serious value going deep and, in the draft. And it's actually funny that you say that because a year or two after that, Marc-Andre Fleury went with pick number one in a draft. That's right. So the trend changed, which is quite interesting. Yeah. So um, Hornquist <laughs> went to pick 230 in 2005. Again, he's not an all-star, but he's a good player. My favorite one, though, pick 129 in 2007, the captain of the Dallas Stars, there Jamie is. fucking Ben. I know. But like, 120. What did I even say? 129. 129. That's on the second day when no one's watching oh. it. That's not even televised. Even the teams don't care on the second day. You know what they're no. doing? They're sitting there with a dartboard going, yep. No one shows up with suits on the second day. They're all rolling in shorts and thongs. There'd be so much polar fleece on the second day. Oh, I'm feeling that. Mental. Oh, my God. So to round out the list, we've got... Also, like, I just want to say good on the Dallas Scouts to pick 131 in 2010. John Klimberg, that kid's going to be incredible. That's right. I was Fu- just about to say that. Future Norris winner right there, yeah. by the way. So they did well. Like, you know, this is a pretty this is a pretty good list. Do you know what this list also tells me as a Bruins fan, though? We can't draw for shit. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are real strugglers. But I read an article about this recently. There is someone from THN actually, or maybe it was Bleacher. I don't know. It was from one of those big sports publications where they... they oh, with they, hyperbolic clickbait articles. Uh, yes, but this one was about... This was huge clickbait. It was about teams who who draft if, if, they, if their lines were based on who they drafted. And the Bruins' lines were not good. No. 
However, Washington's were sick. So because we developed players. Sup, Carl? How you doing, man? Yeah, true. You're not wrong. Yeah, OV, what's up, man? Going to move on to uh, something else which is a little different. Because, again, as we've stated, John and I talk. We talk mid- absolute shit all the time, which is great. bullshit. So much fun. But we were watching that Sydney Crosby, Tim Horton commercial. And John turns around to me and says, hey... What do you think a bunch of NHL players would be doing if they weren't actually any good at hockey? Based only on personal appearance appearance and the way in which they play hockey. So, from the top, who's the first one? So, if I was to look at Jamie Ben, what does it say to you? Honda salesman. He looks like he'd sell the shit out of a Civic. (laughs) (laughs) Because the thing with with him is, right, with his headshot, he looks super clean cut. Yep. He's he's shaven. He's just got a nice, sensible haircut. Phenomenal smile. You can't... (laughs) You can't tell that he'd beat the absolute fuck out of you. No, and you can't tell that he wouldn't give you the best price on a low-cost low family car. You know it would be sick. Who's our favourite? Brent Burns. What would Burnsy be doing? He would easily be the owner and operator of a wildlife park. The best thing I've seen in 2015 is a photo of Brent Burns straight after a game in a sleeveless t-shirt and gym shorts. <laughs> oh, eating, eating, pizza. eating an entire pizza in his locker with a beer. Absolute <laughs> yeah. legend. Yeah, he's got like bits of pizza stuck oh, in his beard. Like, <laughs> there's nothing that man can't do. Nah, nothing. What but would, that doesn't stop him from being hilarious. What would your boy uh, OV, aka the Great Eight, be doing if he couldn't play? The hockey? Great Eight would be, he would be, the Box Factory Employee of the Month. OV, let's just let me premise that by saying, I am a huge OV fan. We love him. He's a legend. Yeah, I think he's, he's a lovely. He's one. Of, he's a lovely guy. He's a philanthropist. He's one of our. Phenomenal. He's he one can't of our spell fa- philanthropist. He's not a philanthropist. Which leads me to the point where I was, I was leading to, he's not the smartest of dudes. So, mm. I have a feeling he'd be doing real well on the front of the assembly line, smashing out boxes and ticking boxes. He's basically working for Millhouse's dad at the he's cracker factory. Millhouse's dad and he's not doing a great job. What about Sidney Crosby? Sidney Kid would obviously still be in professional sports. However, but- he'd be playing the widest sport imaginable, Hulu. Oh, he would be. <laughs> You know, you know what? He'd be playing mountain bike polo. You know who loves? You know who loves a polo shirt more than Sidney Crosby? Absolutely no one. No one. No one. <laughs> he looks like he loves a pop collar. Hey, Jesus Christ! <laughs> loves it. So we're gonna move on to our uh, our weekly awards, and we need to apologise for something. We're actually had some phenomenal audio teed up for these and great audio but i primus just fucked us so my internet provider so we, to give you a background we, we do this at my house so this is inside my my study upstairs my wife is downstairs watching tv just doing her general life cam comes over and ruins our, our schedule for the week however that's not nice that's not well is it who cares anyway so my I, my internet provider has fucked us this week so i promise call me email me i was on the phone literally as cam walked in screaming at poor poor eric from malaysia poor eric <laughs> poor eric he didn't have a great time poor so, unsuspecting eric yeah he <laughs> didn't have a great time but what, what we did narrow down was that they have fucked me and my internet connection for the next few days and because of that you don't get your sweet audio samples whoever come back for episode three because we've got some doozies we've got up. some doozies I spent, I spent some significant time trolling through some Classic hockey footage. And I spent heaps of time converting them and install and putting them on my laptop. Yeah, you did, because John's the tech guy and I'm the uh, stupid ideas guy. Well, I've got heaps of tech around the room and it's mm. looking great. I even use my big nerd box here, the I like computer. Your big nerd box. I know it looks sick, doesn't it? So the first of these awards, our Jumbo Joe Jumbo Legend of the Week, and I've I've got a soft spot for this. I've got two kids. Anytime I see a professional athlete do something for the kids, I'm psyched. Yeah. The first baseball game I ever went to in America, uh, one of the outfielders for the Mets climbed the wall and gave the ball to a kid. And I'm like, 
That's Fucking great. A. Good on That's you. That's great. And we, um, we love the Pico Saban story, of course. Love the Saban story. Exactly. Um, you know, love the Ducks, how that, that kid for his Make-A-Wish yep. thing, they, they got him in full garb and got him out in the yep. warm-up skate and they brought yep. him out for the anthem. That and was, the Knicks did something recently like that too I, in the NBA. I was, was, cl- I was on the edge. I was on the edge for that. I hate those tear-jerk moments because oh. you're like, sports! Yeah, get you every time. Sports! But uh, the Jumbo Joe, Jumbo Legend of the Week, goes to a former Bruin, now Dallas star, Tyler Sagan, for throwing his hat-trick puck to a young girl in the crowd, reducing her to a sobbing mess. That usually just happens anytime Tyler Sagan even looks at a girl anyway. He's a handsome man. He is. The girls and love him. Let's I, just say the chicks are a big fan. The chicks are a huge fan of... I think there's that photo from off-season with Tyler Sagan on a boat with around 40 women and just... Yeah, in a, in a fedora in and a fedora like... fedora and Speedos <laughs> yeah. and 40 women. And he's got like DG sunnies on and no shirt. And it's like, he's having a great time. I heard dead set that he's partied with Pitbull. Like, not even joking. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but anyway... Tyler he, Sagan, you are a legend. You yeah. are our Jumbo Joe legend of the week. Kudos! Yeah. Week look, two, well done. He gave my Bruins an absolute hiding, but it was a selfless gesture and another, uh, another good moment in the why hockey players and their fan interaction is uh, the best in professional sports storyboard. Yeah, I really like I really like that award. Yeah. Now onto our onto our now this one I was going to email you about before the show, but I decided not to. I decided to do it on air anyway. Is, is it because you know I'm filthy about it? Yes, but I wanted to I wanted to undercut you. Ooh. I want to undercut you with this one because I was watching the Caps game at the weekend. Oh, you got a bad I, one. I have beef. With huge who? beef. So this is our big brave Steve Ott Award. Why and have you got beef? With my selection or just beef in general? Beef in general. Ooh. All right. Huge. All right. Huge. Now, all this right. is in regards to a player that we all know and love from Montreal, uh, from uh, Toronto. Dion. No, it's not Dion. Nazim. It's Nazim Kadri. Now, he was in a little bit of a tussle with my man, my big man, Tom Wilson. Oh, that's not a good idea. Not a great time. So what happened was there was a little bit of an RG after a whistle and yeah. old, mate, old mate Nazim, he dropped my boy down to the ice Punched him in the head three times. Wilson got up, dropped the gloves, and Kadri's like, you know what? Don't want any of this. And Wilson got kicked out. Suck it. You are a bum. You're an absolute bum. You big brave Steve Ott legend. Yeah. I hate you. Kadri, we're done. That's pussy shit. It's huge. And the problem with that is, Will Scott, he did not see ice for the rest of the game because granted it was a stupid penalty anyway. Yeah, that's so fine. It's fine. But Kadri punched him in the head three times and then he refused to fight him afterwards. Yeah. That's stupid that's not cool that's stupid there's my point you see what i'm talking about that was i don't feel undercut i feel that's a valid point so what i'm going to do is i'm just going to add to it oh well i feel we can have a couple um i've got an addition to the brave steve odd dog act of the week award um i'm going to throw a second one out there i'm going to nominate the canucks alex burrows ah yeah now i've got long-standing beef with alex burrows because he's a biter in 2011 Mm. against boston in the stanley cup he bit somebody why don't they call him holyfield yeah well aside from that Yesterday in the game against the Devils, yesterday or the day before, yeah. he was talking some mad shit about Jordan Tutu's family from the safety of the penalty box. That, like, you don't do that anyway, right? So he's with the yap. But to sit, on there, the yap. to sit there behind a plexiglass fortress talking smack about someone's wife and children. Well, you can't get punched in the head. That's very, very uncool. So already that's not good at all, right? Once Burroughs and Tutu were released from their respective boxes, Burroughs declined to fight a now enraged Tutu Instead, letting Derek Dorsett do his dirty work. Tutu kicked Dorsett's ass anyway, which is great because I don't like Derek Dorsett either. But, you know, I get it. Some players fight. Some players don't fight. However, if you're going to sit there 
flapping your gums like a jackass, insulting a man's family, and then not fight him. You're a pussy. You, yeah, that's fucking pathetic. It sucks. And that says all you need to know about the Mon- uh, the Vancouver Canucks. How's I just hate the Habs so much? <laughs> I, just, I went to say the Canadians. <laughs> I anyway. almost did it before. I yeah, almost did it before yeah. with Toronto. <laughs> but seriously, that that tells you all you need to know about the Canucks. That's that's no way to live your life. Burrows, if you ever hear this, you're a piece of shit. That's terrible. Yeah, we'll happily take a call and straighten it out the way. Seriously, so, Burrows, get on Skype. Let's have a chat. Yeah, Let's, hit us up, man. Hit us up. But that takes us... That on the flip side, our, our boy Chuck Bone Cruncher for the week is a good story. This is a good story. Um, um, so on the back of our last two crap ones... Yeah, this is a good one. I like it. This is a great one. Um, The fight itself is pretty blah, pretty whatever, but... Well, I mean... Because look, look who the combatants <laughs> were, but... Adam Henrique and Jonathan Taves went at it when the Devils were giving the Hawks a bit of a tune-up. I've talked about this. I don't like the Hawks. I don't like Taves, but Taves was trying to spark his team and Henrique didn't back away. Good on the both of them. Also interesting to note, all three of Henrique's NHL fights have been against opposing team captains. I think he's a legend. He picks the big target. I like yep. it. And he contributes to his team and he's smashing it because I've got him in fantasy this year and yeah. he's a big I like- contributor. Um, so again, look, you know, the fight was a bit whatever, but as always, you know, it's worth checking out. Make sure you go check out the Wigs Biff at, uh, hockeyfights.com, which these days I didn't even realize until recently is powered by Violent Gentlemen. And for those of you who don't know, it's a pretty red hot hockey based, uh, clothing brand company out of Orange County. And we're not even on the payroll. We just like their stuff. Yeah. We're not on the payroll. They don't give us free stuff. We just like their loot and think you should check it out. If anyone from Violent Gentlemen hears this and wants to give we're us We're open some to stuff, free stuff, though. We're open to it. <laughs> we, we, we never never turn away free stuff unless it's used. But you should all check it out because it's not often that you get a hockey-themed company come along and they do good things and it's good gear and it's a growing community and you should get around it. Yeah. Yeah, I like the hockey-themed stuff that's coming through. Well, you know it's what? We, we may as well throw another shout-out then to uh, Heath and Andy from Sydney who have an, uh, an Australian-based hockey Yeah, company. they do. They do. Those called Cheapskate, Cheapskate Clothing, mm. which has got some cool new stuff. Um, go find them on the internet, which is yeah. how you find everything these days, Cheapskate Clothing. Yeah, I know. I love it. Good gear. Again, they don't give us anything either. We just think they're nice dudes. We're just happy to hang. Um, so that's, that's it. Pretty much it. So season one, episode two, we've done well. I'm, I've had a good feeling. Like... It was rough going through the middle, but I think we've done well. Yeah. We've done really well. And look, I was going to say, you know, there you have it, listeners. Thanks for listening. And I was like, holy shit, we've actually got listeners because we got a lot of good feedback this week. We did. And we've had like 50-odd people listen to it on SoundCloud, which is really nice. Like, good on them. Good on them. Um, I'm sure they hated most of it, but still, like, it's still lovely. But I mean, look, Zajac's still a boss. Crosby's still a bum. The oil is a fantasy relevant and the flames are burning out. You like that? I love it. I love seeing the flames burn out. Love it. But um, yeah, the podcast. It's like the Kings being Kings and the Capitals being the Capitals. Capitals being the Capitals. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. But um, you know, the podcast is live now on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. There's absolutely no excuse for you not to listen to it other than you think we're kind of shitty and you don't want to listen to it. But even then that's not valid because... All do the it things anyway. we say, particularly about fantasy, are very true. Very true. Very true. Um, find us on all the relevant socials. The handle is at Holy Puck Podcast. One that's word. Pretty much it. One word. One word. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Peace.